James Bond. Charming, sophisticated secret agent. <laughs> Shaken, but not disturbed. <laughs> Save it for the pod. <laughs> I don't know about you boys, but I'm always trying to keep it up and ease it in. Welcome to Shaken Not Stirred, the definitive James Bond movie podcast. We are back. Imagine the year is 1981, coming off the most monetarily successful Bond movie in history to this point. Here we are, for your eyes only. 1981, Princess Di marries Prince Charles. Space Shuttle Columbia made its first trip. Sandra Day O'Connor gets the court. Raiders of the Lost Ark comes out, and we get... This, director John Glenn, not to be confused with the John Glenn who was in space, different John Glenn. We, have we should have May- been on Moonraker. We should have been on Moonraker. <laughs> we, have, we have Richard Mayhem yeah. back doing the screenplay. We have another just Broccoli family, Cubby Broccoli joint here uh, with For Your Eyes Only. Cubby Broccoli joint? What is he working Cubby with? Cubby Broccoli joint. Yeah, man. You know it. Spike Lee joint? No, he originated that shit. Nice. We are For Your Eyes Only. What are we, number 10, number 11, number 12? Where are we in the series now? I'm lost at this point. this is 12. 12. 12. Right in the middle. Halfway point, folks. Not really so much of a halfway point as I think is so much as an absolute cliff. Because pretty much from here, we basically swan dive into, we swan dive past mediocrity into absolute garbage. Like Peaks and valleys, Mike. Peaks and valleys. Dumpster fire. Well, we're going to try to navigate it through and make it as entertaining as possible. It's going to be I something, that's for sure. <laughs> a lot of stuff even to talk about. the bad films are entertaining. They're, they're all fun. There's a lot to dissect in this movie. I don't know about you boys. I rewatched it just a few hours ago. For about the first 45 minutes, I love this movie. It's fantastic. I actually, it's a, a testament to it or not a testament to it. But once you get past the pre-title sequence, I actually forgot I was watching the Bond movie for a little while. This was, you know, there was suspense. There was drama there was some interesting things happen. And then I feel like there was another 45 minutes that probably could have been completely cut from this entire movie, and it still would have turned out just about the same. Mike, I'm, I'm with you, man. <laughs> like, this, uh, I, I recently rewatched it as well. I, I rewatched it today. And um, I, remember, I remember watching this film years back and actually really enjoying it. And I can't say the same about the rewatch. <laughs> yeah, I find myself... Every single time I watch it, like I'll get into it, like Mike says, and maybe like the first half hour, then I'll snooze. Like it's inevitable. I'll take a nap during this movie and then something will happen. I'll wake right up and I'm back into it. So, I mean, it's kind of middle of the road. If they hacked out the entire scene at the Olympic Village, I think the movie would be just as good, if not better. It serves utterly no purpose. There's minimal character development. It really gives you next to nothing. We'll get to it. And, and an Jason in, fight and, sequence. We'll get to it. And it inserts just characters that are useless. So from a plot standpoint, if you hacked that whole 20-minute sequence out, or 25 minutes, however long that piece was, I think the movie would be actually better. Listen, I think for this film, you're coming off of Moonraker where you were literally in outer space as a plot. <laughs> so you have to ground this one. It's, it's almost from Russia with Love-esque, where you've got to get the, the attack, basically switching hands to the KGB. Very minor 
um, I guess, plot point in the whole grand scheme of Bond in general, where you have all these outlandish things and everything else happening. This one is just kind of minimal, right? It's, it's this device that can change your submarine targets. Yeah, and it was based off of some real life stuff. Exactly what you said, what I was going to say, like coming back to Earth, Moonraker was so far out of this world. We needed to get back to reality. A simple plot to follow. Even with the sinking sub, a ship sinking sub happened in real life. A lot of stuff people could relate to at the time. So I get where they were going with the plot. Not the most exciting, but not a terrible movie overall. Yeah. Are we scoring the plot right now? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Listen. Um, world, baby. We'll do whatever you want. I'm going I'm to give you my score. I gave it a seven. I thought it was pretty original. I would, like, like DJ said, I would compare it to from Russia with the device that everyone's chasing after between, you know, Britain and Russia. But I thought it was pretty original. I liked how Aristotle's trying to throw off Bond and push it off on Columbo, and Columbo's trying to push it off on Aristotle, and there's like this struggle in between. Bond can't read it because he's too old. Yeah, there's a little bit of a twist. I, uh, I enjoyed that part of it, I guess. The betrayal was great. It was like one of the first betrayals like you didn't see coming. Most of the time, it's a female betraying him, and you kind of see the writing on the wall. I forgot that happened when I was rewatching it for the first time in years. Awesome. I gave it a 7.5. I scored the plot a 6. Like Mike said, hooked early on and then kind of lost me halfway through. I thought it wrapped up a little quickly after being bored for a while, but I'll touch on that in the conclusion. Simple plot. That, like Trey said, there's a little twist in it, but the, the meat and potatoes of it all is, is pretty straightforward. Yeah, I'm with you, boys. I'm, uh, I'm on the 7.5 train here also. From a, a movie breakdown standpoint, the pre-title sequence made utterly no sense to me. We'll get to that. But it opens up. A spy device has been stolen. We need to scuttle this thing. We need to get a hold of it so the Russians don't get it. Great. I'm, I'm all in on that. A couple of double agents, people working for other people. You know, I'm all in on that. Very realistic here. This was a really believable plot. This made a lot of sense. There wasn't random trips to outer space or volcano layers or things like that. We got a really grounded Bond movie here, which I really appreciated. It was also a little simplistic. From an execution standpoint, I obviously, you know, I had some some issues there, but I was a 7.5 on this one. Let's We're talk all more. like right on it. Let's talk about Mr. Bond. He's old, man. Hey. He's, he's just, not getting any younger. He's not getting any younger. Mm-mm. I I put for his I put his performance 6.0 like the same as Moonraker, I think. Nothing spectacular. He's just old. I don't <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I think his like Moonraker, I think his acting's great. I think Roger Moore does a good job acting. I I feel like I'm always harping on him, but he does a good job acting. I think his chemistry, um especially with Q in this one I enjoyed I, I don't know about you guys. I enjoyed the Q branch scene with him and Q going back and forth. Or he's literally sitting, going, basically, yeah, yeah. Go, basically then, sitting at a desk for the first time. Right. And you then, also realize that Bond writes reports, too. Exactly. <laughs> but and he, then on the other end of it, I mean, you have, like, this super young girl who has, like, a crush on him. And he's, like, avoiding it awkwardly, which is, which is nice to see. That he's actually thank God. Reckon, recognizing yeah. <laughs> that he's, she's way too young. I got a little worried at BB throwing herself at a, at a hundred year old James Bond here. For purposes of this conversation, I looked this up. The actress was actually 22 at the time. BB was 22? She was 22. Yeah, she was 22. I assume that Melina. Um, I didn't even look that up. I think, uh, I think she's 24. She's not even like that yeah. much older. But the character BB was supposed to be 16. Roger Moore did an interview years later in advice 
in ice uh, in life and said that and uh he put his foot down on that one and props to Roger Moore for always being an all-around good guy. I can tell you whether it was 1981 or 2020, the scenes of 100-year-old Roger Moore and wannabe 16-year-old figure skater were, were a little cringeworthy. All of a sudden, she comes out of the shower, throws a towel, and she's diving into bed. And then she's throwing herself at the German cross-country skier, and then she's throwing herself at Columbo at the end. Our fans are going to be all over this one because they did not do that that poor girl justice in the writing of her character. They no. did do her no justice. Oh my God. It, very it was right. It was, it was, it was Hard, it was hard to watch. Very like her, disturbing. Yeah, her and we're gonna we're gonna get to the Bond girl. They're completely opposite. The only, the only opposite thing characters. that was saving that is that Roger Moore did not have sex with that character because yeah. then that would have yeah, made it God. a billion times worse. Trey, back to back to your Bond performance notes. I disagree a little bit. I don't think he had the connection points hundred percent accurate on this one i mean i think his scenes with molina were a little forced that could be due to age or i just felt the lack of chemistry there and i felt that the scenes with colombo and and cristados could have been better i i think i think like the the dinner scene when he's when he's sitting around cristados is good on the villain end i don't think it's very good on the roger moore end I scored it a 5.5. Again, I don't know if it's his age that's doing it or if it's just me harping on it. I felt a little bit of a, a lack of chemistry in, in some of those main character points. I completely disagree with you. I don't know how we've gone 12 movies and we've never done this, but you know, I scored it a 007. Um, I thought this is one of Roger Moore's better performances. Uh, I think Roger Moore really comes into his own here. There's not a lot of over-the-top acting. The gimmicky stuff that we are accustomed to seeing with Roger Moore is thrown out the window. And you get a you get an actor one-on-one and two-on-one in situations where interacting with bad guys, he's interacting with the Bond girl. And, and I thought Moore really carried a lot of this movie. I mean, I really did. I think I texted it to you guys beforehand when they were walking around later in the movie. You know, granted, Roger Moore looks about 100, but if you cut him off from the, from the neck down, Roger Moore looks fire in that double-breasted, you know, the double-breasted jacket. Thought he really embodied the role here of like seasoned salt and pepper spy. No, I really appreciated that. I, I thought Moore was, this is probably one of the better Moore performances. I forgot how good he is in this movie. Yeah, Lombo had a better salt and pepper, to be fair. <laughs> different looking guy and in that in that suit he wears he looks like he belongs in the country club almost he looks like commander bond with it you know <laughs> like you know he should have an ascot on got the light blue with the you know the brass buttons it's double breasted so it looks you know navy military-esque man looks fire looks absolutely listen and him roger moore and his diving suit that he wears compares to the diving suit that sean connery wears hysterical even better take the diving suit that roger moore wears next to the one that the bond girl wears yeah. she's not wearing anything her <laughs> hair's flowing he's got a full suit on granted because he's probably 100 years old and needs the extra warmth like one of those guys in, in boca that needs to wear a sweater and pants when it's 90 degrees out but he needs all the compression he can get man the gravity's <laughs> done his done its job yeah. on him. he's in marty yeah. seinfeld Loose skin yeah. and old balls. Yeah. Old balls. Listen, and we mentioned it last episode. How how great would it be to see Timothy Dalton in this in this movie? He, he, was, he was supposed to be in it. It, it would have been a lot darker, and I think it would have been ruthless, especially some of those rock climbing cliff scenes, which are one of the fun facts I came across. Roger Moore hated heights. What's a sensible thing to do when you're afraid of heights and about to shoot a scene? Drink beer. He would drink beer before doing all his cliff scenes. <laughs> 
Nice. All right. That's fantastic. Mike, Mike touched on it, like, in the, the plot. It kind of felt like you weren't watching a Bond film, and if you threw Timothy Dalton into that, I think it would have been even better because you do get a little bit more of that darkness in, into it, right. you know? And this is a movie about re- revenge on both parts. We'll get to it with Melina and Bond at the beginning, but you would want a vengeful Bond like Timothy Dalton would make this movie maybe top five. Uh, that's a stretch, but with with Dalton, I'd be up there. I, I, with Dalton, I'd give it. You know, it would definitely be yeah, a top ten, yeah. top seven, top ten. Yeah, easy. Top five. It's hard to crack crack my top five where I got it right now. So I said maybe. <laughs> uh, let's talk about our villain, man. I gotta find the clip. The clip commander. Yeah, the clip commander. Somebody made a Seinfeld <laughs> reference, and I was watching this, and I just literally laughed my ass off when I rewatched it today, because Bond pulls a uh, a Jerry Stiller in the opening part of this movie. God rest his soul. Yeah, R.I.P. Jerry Stiller. You know, the same way Kramer steals his move, Bond steals his move. Put the brake and pop the field move right there. <laughs> Nobody stops short. That's my move. What a great uh, case. Hit. No, that's that's a good one. <laughs> Just for that alone, I think I had to give him an extra point. So, you know, I gave him a double oh seven on this one. Double oh seven. Yeah. I don't know how we I don't know how we haven't I don't know how we haven't done that up, up until this point. I'm actually embarrassed. Five point five for me on performance. I'm at a six point oh. So is a 007 score like a point zero zero seven? No, it's just a seven. <laughs> what do you think it is? Wait, uh, it's more complicated than it needs to be. <laughs> Roger Moore did say this was his second favorite performance and second favorite finished product behind uh, Why Who Loved Me. And after he passed, both movies were re-released in the United Kingdom and all the money went to UNICEF, which was an awesome gesture and good way to remember our friend Roger Moore. Absolutely. Let's talk about Julian Glover's performance. The villain. A lot of Games of Thrones fellas coming up. Dang, I was hoping to break that news. Yeah, there's, like three, like research. there's like three of them. Yeah, man. God. And they die the I same was, way. They get impaled by like a spear. Again, I'll, we're going to get to that. I'm he, so upset right he's now. He's just not on a shit. Really, I couldn't wait to like make that connection, and I was so ready to blow y'all's minds. I'm upset. Well, listen, let's, let's talk about the villain. Anyway, because you fucking love him. I do, man. Listen, I think the acting is up there as far as any, especially here lately, the villains that we've gotten, Carl Stromberg, Drax. Then we got this guy. Like, I mean. Oh, I'm sorry. I think you're, I muted Trey. You're going to put Eric Trey's on mute, guys. We're just going to skip him every time he talks bad about Carl Stromberg. You're going to put Christados above Stromberg? And, and like. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. No. no way. No. No way. is a little bitch. He doesn't do anything. Listen, he fooled oh, Bond. Stupid. Bond can even sniff it out. I mean, Maybe because he's old balls. Oh, you, but... Dude, fucking Money Penny could fool Bond. Bond gets fooled by everybody and every captured movie. by everybody. Yeah. He, he's not fooled because it's a fucking weak performance by this guy. He's just a fucking middleman. All he's doing is a fucking slave for the KGB here. Like. He's not he's not henching like this huge plot, you know. The guy the guy's literally just doing a job for the KGB. Yeah. Like the, the guy he's runs a, vers- paid, a paid guy. He's a mercenary. The guy runs he's- drugs. He doesn't do anything. I mean, it's the first twist that we've seen with a Bond villain. He stinks. 
I'm How? taking that from your book. He stinks. <laughs> Look, and, and honestly, Listen, and, and, not... and I think the re- the reveal, the the, re- the the actual cinematic reveal where they're coming out of the water and they show the boat and you know and 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 Kristoff is there it, is terrible. Like it just it, it was an awful reveal of a of a heel turn. You know the professional wrestling people that listen to our podcast will be throwing you know be throwing shit at us because the, the heel turn is fucking terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, I would have preferred him just to be a good guy. Like, listen, I understand you want to throw a twist in there, but it's that or, or making the bad guy the entire way through. One of the he other. Was, he was actually a pretty good, like, believable ally. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're just you're proving my point. I'm not. He, I'm he not. He made Bond point. believe he's a shitty bad he was guy. Such a good bad guy, a good guy. Yeah, but that, but, that goes, guy. but that goes. But that goes. But that goes to the plot of the movie. As he wasn't a, villain, a good bad he guy. Sucks. Though. He sucks as a villain. He wasn't a good bad guy. He was only a good like ally. He was not a good villain. I disagree. I think the especially the acting. I th- listen. I I don't know how else to with, with what I, acting the scenes at the end where he's just standing in the background while Bond's fighting and he's just well, awkwardly no, walking oh, and he grabs the typewriter. Sign him up I, for an Oscar right now. I gave him I gave him a seven point five. I didn't go above like an eight. Like I, I'm not crazy about him. I just think compared to what we've seen, comparing him to Drax, who's just rich. I mean, nothing else. He's just a rich dude. But at least, but at awesome least, Drax, but at least Drax is a complete and utter psychopath who is trying to to do yeah. world domination. This dude's just he, a middleman. He man. drove the plot. Drax drove man. the plot. He drove that movie. Yeah, this, this guy's a middleman. Like he's, you know, there's nothing going on there. He, he drove Moonraker because there was nothing else to drive in Moonraker. There's not much else to drive here, my friend. <laughs> yes, there is in the next category, for no. sure. For me, for me, Bond villain, Aris Christados was an absolute bust. He, he was nothing more than a hired gone by the KGB to fucking do a job. Before that, I scored him a three. I was at a, I was at a 4.5 on him. I was a little higher than you because I liked the actor and I liked the actor's performance. But the character sucked. Guy played the character very well. He looks like a villain, but he just didn't do anything. Yeah, the he just same doesn't actor do is, He's yes. always a villain. Yeah, he just, just doesn't do anything. The guy, the guy knows how to play a villain. A victim of a poor, a poor script for the bad guy. I yeah, man. Look, Six look, point look, Grand Grandmaster Picel just just doesn't play it well here. Look, you know, we all know he can walk upright. You know, after he bangs the hooker and puts the uh, puts the limp back on, we know. You know, a hundred years from now, he he learns how to act, or you know, he learns how to be real good bad guy. But right now, no, I'm not. I'm not buying it. I think he's our first Star Wars character in a Bond film. I, I may be wrong on that. He's General Veers in Empire Strikes Back for all my Star Wars people. Hmm. Yeah. But I think I don't know. I'm a fan. Of, I, I guess I'm just a fan of the actor. I'm going to stand a lot of actors that play in these movies. Hmm. I don't know. I like the actor. I hate the role. I want to like the role, but it just, it does, he does nothing for me. The same way there, there is no point of this movie to go to the Italian chalet for any point of it. You know, there's just a lot in this movie that they didn't need. They could have stuck in Greece. Yeah. Which, speaking of Greece, or, uh, our Greek. <laughs> She's French, Honestly, by the way. a better Bond villain than Christados. Oh, I don't disagree with you there. I I had Rosa Klebb pretty high. <laughs> Look, it's no, 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 no very high, but I no, think I, no Carl Stromberg, man. I you know nothing. Her, I combined her and Red Grant. 
No, Red Grant for me, I think, is more henchman than... Wait, can we talk about the poor man's Red Grant too in this movie, or should we save that? You mean Quint? No, oh, we, we oh. can talk I just want to talk about Quint. I feel like there's a lot of henchmen in this movie. There, there technically, of, if we're going to no, technically not, score as henchmen... Yeah. I mean, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get to it. Morning cast. Let's talk about the Bond girl. She's a badass for sure. A strong, powerful woman. Very attractive. I was a fan. She led the way at a point. Revenge was a strong suit for her. Revenging her parents who were brutally murdered. I'm high on Melina. What would you score? I have her at a 7.5. Same. Same. Um, Not super high. But high enough. Yeah. Yes, I think she falls just below excellent. Um, what, but what kept her from being excellent for you? Her acting. It showed. I thought her. Yeah. 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 Like, you beat me to it. I was a five point five. I think she is stunningly beautiful, and every time she she would do this look at the camera that would just completely encapsulate you, and then she would try to act the scene. And it was god-awful. I mean, it was awful. There was not a single scene in this movie with her that was believable to me. Right. And, and they really tried. If you had a different actress, you probably would have a top three Bond girl. There's so many elements here for success. You've got a, a woman of means who is beautiful, well-educated, has the and now has a chip on her shoulder because she is out for revenge, and she's apparently a damn good fucking shot with a crossbow. Oh yeah, no idea where that came from. Outside of a little bit of an attitude, yeah, and, and outside of like the weird tennis-style grunting when she was getting bumped around underwater, was generally a badass in this movie. Like that was another piece that was like kind of unbelievable. To me. She's driving the car for most of the chase scene. She's killing bad guys. And then all of a sudden, she's completely weak underwater. It didn't make any sense. Because then again, then she's leading the charge up to the mountain fort. So it was just so all over the place. And anytime she was on the screen and she would make that look at Bond, she sucked you in with a tractor beam. But as an actress, she is just not very good. (laughs) She's just not good. I agree with you guys, but I don't know if it was just the acting or if it was just the connection to Roger Moore. Like I said before, I mean, Trey, what, you said she was 24? Yeah, I got to go double check it. Um, That's 31 years. It's hard to blame the actress. I don't know. I don't know if that's just her acting or a lack of chemistry, but I, I agree with you. Those scenes are feeling forced. Roger Moore had better chemistry with BB than he did with her. Like, I love I love I love the the build of the character. I think the build of the character is great. Yeah. But I just I scored a 6.5 and that was based on just the impact that Melina has in this film. I agree if maybe there was a different actress or maybe if there was more of a connection to Roger Moore that score would jump, but I scored it a 6.5 just based on how much of a badass she was and how impactful she had uh, or how much impact she had on the film. And it was only the actress's uh, third major movie. A lot of this stuff was French. Uh, Carol Bouquet is her name. And I like how uh, she just wasn't an easy girl to hook up with. That was not a part of her character. He didn't sleep with her until the very end. Thank God. Thank God for the, the age factor. But still, it's strong, strong, powerful, badass. 
Yeah, I liked her intro too. I thought her intro was badass. I th- killing that guy like, falling in the pool and then she pulls up that mask. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the boat scene where her parents, like, when they zoom yeah, in on her face. Plane. Nah, I guess her intro to Bond, I guess what I'm talking sure, about. That sure. should have been the opening. That was powerful. Yeah, that. Um, and then she, we're going to get to it, but we're, we're going to, Cars and Gadgets, her car is hilarious. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I guess I, I'm just attributing that to the Bond girl, her car. It's not Bond's car. Which, exactly. Which we're going on to go, Guns, Car, Gadgets, right? So let's talk about it. Roger Moore is on record. Bond girl score in. Oh. Yeah, me and Soup scored it same, 7.5, right? Correct. Yeah. Mike? On Bond Girl? Yep. I was a 5.5. 5.5. And I was 6.5. So let's do Guns, Cars, Gadgets. While yeah. we're on the subject of the car, Roger Moore's on record saying that Citroen V2 was his favorite car ever to drive in any Bond movie. Get out of here. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> this is there's the Lotus exploding is just like further evidence how this movie should have been the next one after Spy. Yep. We don't see the Lotus in Moonraker. We see it in this one. That's what he drives in Spy, right? The Lotus is the one that goes underwater. Can, can we skip for a second? Can we talk about the best gadget in this entire movie? Can we talk about Money Penny's pop-up makeup stand that comes out of the fucking thing? It's probably the best gadget in this whole movie. She could put on her granny lipstick. Yeah, yeah man. Because because right. after that, it's it's pretty brutal from there. I yep. think that's Roger Moore's first uh, hat to us. That's a Sean Connery thing. You should have kept it for Sean. Roger Moore was rarely in suits. You're not okay. wrong. Compared to Sean. I think a letter, another gadget I liked, uh, and that's going back between the, the banter with Q that I enjoyed, was that, what do you call it? Like, I, I think they called it Identocraft. The Identocraft? Yeah. It's super 80s. That's what I love so much about it. And Q gets everything to, like, the graphics of the details of this person he's describing to the point. And it's a, it's a glasses that... Yeah, fine it's glasses. like when i was a kid the first computer we ever had in our house had a, a program on it called funny faces where you would literally pick that same shit it literally it looked just like that and it would print out on that like connected paper with the lines like, and the holes on the end yeah, yeah, yeah. we're aging the, ourselves the, here guys yeah, the tear the tear paper yeah it's called funny faces like 1989 like computer program i love this scene though when they were entering that room the pin code was the song from a uh, spy who loved me yes the cuted part then bonded <laughs> i call actually i caught that on the rewatch i never noticed that before until oh, just I, the rewatch i don't know why but i picked it up when i was like eight or nine like, it was weird i was a strange child <laughs> what, what's changed Subal? Yeah. nothing no. Yeah, no. No. i love that my math, um, my math is the same too Explain when I asking you geography questions again today because you'd fuck that up. Yeah, I fucking hate geometry. <laughs> now, I, I, is it just me or like, uh, like on on the guns, the cars, and the gadgets? Is it just me? Do the bad guys have all the gadgets in this? The snow dirt bikes have the machine guns. The water planes got machine guns on it. Bond doesn't have anything but a PPK and you know some old balls in this movie. This the submarine, that giant guy in that uh, underwater space looking suit. Yeah, like not not, not Bond. He's he's got he's got the Lotus back. The Lotus is back. Yeah, but what's it got besides you know a ski rack on the back of it? It's got a standard feature. Self destruct button. Yeah, he's got a watch that we don't see until the end. Yeah, and apparently he can make phone calls with. <laughs> I mean, he's that, got an eye watch. Yeah, 
Apple got, Watch. It's yeah. like a Dick Tracy type watch that we don't see to the end, and we'll get to that because I hate the absolute end. I hate it. I, I hate the parrot. I, I hate the parrot. I'm going oh, to tell you right now. I hate the parrot. I love the parrot. Is, is it love a gadget or is it an ally? I, yeah. listen, there was there was nothing of note to talk about guns, cars, gadgets. I scored it 3.5. There's nothing there. And I understand why they did it because back to the whole Moonraker thing, they wanted to come back to Earth. They wanted to be more realistic. That's why they had the Lotus explode to like symbolize that. It stinks having to give him a rough score because of that, but I went with a 3.5. So I think you guys are all low. I mean, I think you guys are missing... Yes. You know, Thank you. Stinging in the rain. That's not funny, <laughs> 007. Oh, I see you managed to get the Lotus back together again. I disregard these jibes about our equipment, 007. I don't suppose you find it funny in the field. Indeed, I don't. <laughs> what a no, great I mean, scene. Listen, I, I like the Q branch scene. Yep. But none of those things were utilized in this film. No, not at all. They were I just agree. there in the laboratory. So where just... um, where are we including Zamboni? I mean, is that the car for the movie? Like that that's got to get included in here. I I included the Zamboni in the quintessential chase and fight scene. Same, same. That that becomes pretty important in the fight scene. Listen, it's very important, Zamboni but it's driver, technically a car. Listen, as a past Zamboni driver, I have to compliment <laughs> Don on his technique to fishtail there and score the goal with the henchman. But yeah. we'll get to it. Bonus points for being against the Montreal Canadiens. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about it right now. I, I'll tell you my score over the the gadgets. I gave it a five. I mean, it's nothing great. Yeah, but I'm with you, Trey. I'm I'm at a five on this one. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the hockey scene. Three point five. I thought the hockey scene in in just wait, wait, was. Whoa! You're getting way the fuck ahead of yourself. We haven't even gotten to like the supporting cast. Oh, yeah, well, talk- I thought we we're. Gonna, I, I'm ready to talk about this. Well, let me give a fuck what you're ready for. There's an order here. <laughs> Follow the goddamn order. That's why you don't disrespect Carl Stromberg. <laughs> listen, when Mike wants to go out of order, listen. it's fine. And when Mike yeah, wants no to kidding. Order, talk about anything. Trey listen. wants to go out of order, fuck you. We're saying to the order. <laughs> I don't want any more bullshit. No more. All right? Just do Trey and kind. All right. We're, we're, we're going to do a side review of Winnebago Man, right? Supporting cast down. fight scene. What are we talking here? Let's go to the fight scene. Trey wants the fight scene. Let's go to the fight scene. Yeah, we're just we're talking about the hockey. Like, I, I didn't care for the hockey fight. But I love the Zamboni part of it. Yeah. Quintessential chase and fight scenes. And Mike has already referenced it, the whole fucking Olympic Village shit. So let's just let's just get it out of the way. Let's talk about that one and we'll go back to supporting cast. Like multiple boring ski chases. Been there, done that. James, you're jealous. I also didn't know what to think about her trainer at What first. else can you tell me about my rival for your affection? <laughs> I assume she was a bad say- right, so let's get to it. Casually walking on ice. What? Friends listen to Endless Love in the Dark. <laughs> Why is he wearing a Darth Vader hat? Yeah. Looks like he's just Who's the Zamboni on the ice? Yeah. 
just like, yeah, three goals. Great. Hat trick. Great skill on the fishtail Zamboni. Mm-hmm. I've done a few of those those rides, and fishtail Zamboni is pretty fun. But being able to, to strike a henchman into the goal, that takes some skill. That does take some skill. And what's his previous experience? I may have uh, logged a few years at the Seacaucus Ice Rink. But what's his? Oh, Bond knows how to drive everything. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah, we, we covered that. Yeah, I mean, he, like he flew he, a space shuttle in the last. Correct. <laughs> can, can, can we talk about it? like the guy? The guy flew to the moon, and the, our director's John Glenn. Come on! I was a big fan of the the chase and fight scenes in this film. I like I like the chase with the yellow bug. Um, the the yellow was bug was a good. That was a good chase. That was great. That was, was fun. What two cars chasing him? Mm-hmm. As compared to however many other chase scenes we've seen, where there's just you know complete destruction and everything. Like this was an actual. This was a chase scene down a hill. It, and, he, it was, and he goes full Frank Costanza at the end of it. It was very good. I thought they did a great job with that, mm-hmm. the yellow bug chasing. I hated the ski and bobsled stuff. I pulled this up while I was watching that. So the average speed on, on a four-man bobsled is 80 to 95 miles an hour. It can get up. The world record is 125 miles an hour. You're going to tell me that Bond on skis and this guy on a dirt bike with spikes was doing 90 fucking miles an hour on solid ice and then lips the coping, no fucking problem? Get the fuck out of here. He, I like how he like called up to the bobsled and was like, hey, go faster. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. I actually laughed out loud. I was like, that's actually really funny. Because I, I enjoyed that scene. Because I enjoyed the, only, ahead, the music. No, you're fine. I enjoyed the music hmm? during all these. I don't know if y'all – I liked like the 70s, like 80s, like whatever kind of like porn music that you hear yeah. during these like – like, Chase fight scenes. I thought it's it's so hilarious. Like, the yellow I, the yellow bug scene where he's running through the jungle and the music's playing. I thought I was watching Commando with Schwarzenegger. Like, <laughs> and like insert eighties eighties Schwarzenegger movie. That's the background music, and it was fantastic. I love it. Like the the only two takeaways from the entire Olympic Village. Luigi Ferrara gives him the signal, and he writes it into the shower. That's cool spy movie stuff. It's not gimmicky. It, I bought into that one. All of the uh, Olympic Village stuff helped create the character of of Locke. Like he never really said a word. He but, did not. But he was scary as hell. He was a scary henchman. You knew he was a bad dude. And all of these scenes serve to to do him credit in his bad guy character development. Listen, in that. He um, Olympic Village scene two. It also established that Creeler is an excellent shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How is he an excellent shot and just cannot fucking find the target when it comes to the <laughs> Bond? Again, anyone can yeah. fucking shoot and kill Bond at any time. But yeah. the guy, the guy was an excellent shot on skis. You know, he he mm-hmm. already proved that by hitting every every single shot in his yeah. targets. For him, him to miss and and not be able to hit him, I mean, he, he splits his ski. He, he shoots his, his ski pole. Yeah. Off. <laughs> he yeah. throws it. He, he splits throws. the ski pole, no problem. And yeah. he, he throws his motorcycle at him. <laughs> <laughs> the, end, the end of that scene, he throws everything at him. He throws like, everything. Right, fuck it, I'll just throw everything. He throws the He's... bent gun, throws the motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he has like a temper tantrum. Look, like, and, and, I, and I guess we've established <laughs> the fact that he's strong because he lifts – the clearly styrofoam 
like stone piece later in the movie. Every one of the scenes of like BB in the 80s spandex is just cringeworthy. Uh, I love it. I even think it's so cringeworthy. I love it too. I love the music. I love most of the scenes outside of that ski and bobsled chase. Um, and I actually threw in the, the scene where Bond is getting dragged um, over the reefs and in the water. Yes. Yes, I put that, that was, in. That was great. Category Dude, as well, was, I didn't really, I didn't really know where else to put it. You know how painful that would be to get like dragged. But that's what in I'm the saying. Race. I really enjoyed it, and like, I was, I was looking at, it, I was like, well, this is pretty like diabolical from the villain here to yes. just throw him off the boat and just drag oh, him, yeah. however many miles they're going that's back painful. and forth over this like. So all, wait, all, all these reefs with sharks. Wait, you, are you giving Aristotle credit here? I am, but he still sucks. But that, that's a lot of credit for a three three point score. Well, he still sucks. He had a great <laughs> he had a great scene. He had a great scene. Diabolical. Right? You said the word diabolical. Diabolical. Diabolical we, scene. Yeah. We even ha- we even had the submarine fight and the giant uh, scuba man who got so, a- during the scene where Bond's getting dragged. DJ, I kept thinking like the soundtrack of a different movie, and I couldn't remember what it was. And then I, I finally dawned on me. And at some point, and maybe we'll get this up on social if I can figure out how to do this, I'm going to dub the soundtrack from the scene I'm about to play for you with James Bond getting dragged by the boat. I almost got hit from Amelia Earhart! <laughs> I, I had that. I had that. That soundtrack in my head. As soon as they pulled them off the boat, I the immediately went to Caddyshack. Just played the boat scene from Caddyshack. Caddyshack will <laughs> always be amazing. Listen, uh, and just just a quick sidebar. I will say the judge is one of my favorite villains in any comedy movie. Are you talking about <laughs> comedy? Caddyshack. Comedy, comedy you're about, villain. Caddyshack. Ted Knight. Ju- yeah. yeah. Yes. The Ted, Ted Knight. Yeah. Well, we're waiting. <laughs> I use that gif all the time. Oh, you're you're missing out the best the best line of that entire movie. The best line of that entire movie is when he's talking to Danny. He's like, you know, Danny, I sentenced boys younger than you to the gas chamber. Didn't want to do it. Felt I owed it to them. <laughs> there there may be a uh, a comedy villain tier ranking coming up at some I'm point. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm so in on that. I'll put That's put right. Judge Schmelz in the top three for me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We, we, we digress. Lots yeah. of bad guys in golf movies. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I totally, I totally yeah, took me, us down a tangent. <laughs> let, me, let me give you my score. I gave it a 6.0 on the chase and fight scene. I was a 7. 6.5. I, I was a 5 here, but where are we putting the Blofeld fight? Like, that should be the opening, opening right? Sequence. Opening. opening sequence? Okay. Opening sequence. That, that's what I thought. But let's go back back in order. Supporting cast. Supporting cast. Yeah, supporting cast. Lots of folks here. There's a there's a lot of people, a lot of a lot of things to digest here. But most importantly, we do not have M. Rest in peace, but Bernard Lee. Oh, he's on Lee. He's on holiday. They say they yeah, say M is on holiday. holiday in this movie. He's on it's holiday. okay. They haven't well, even can, figured out what to do yet. And we your dog, your dog we, and rabbit are at the farm too. So we, we've seen the last of Bernard Lee. Which yep. R.I.P. Ray was in the film. Yeah, that was that was it. Bond was answering to him. I'm glad they introduced Tanner. He's always been an underrated character, in my opinion, as well. And the the prime minister makes an appearance. 
Yeah, the uh, the wannabe Margaret Thatcher makes an appearance here. <laughs> Absolutely, and and you get uh, global. The the KGB is here. Are they Q? Yeah, and this was the point I'm going to try to surprise everybody earlier. I was going to talk about Klaus and Tywin Lannister is in this movie, which I found out to be hilarious. He has a short-lived... Just a random henchman, yeah. Ran, just a random henchman. <laughs> we can talk about Fiddler on the Roof, DJ's boy Columbo. Listen, um, before we get on Columbo, I want to talk about the henchmen. I think Locke and Kreeler were, were great henchmen. Great henchmen. Just yeah. underdeveloped. If they would have took a little bit more time to develop these characters and maybe give a few more... I don't know, speaking scenes or, yep. or something else to give them a little bit more, a little bit more meat behind these henchmen. They, they could have been, you know, top tier or at sure. least, or at least close to top. Um, I think both of them were, were pretty good. You know, Kriegler, who's basically this German great Olympian athlete who obviously is now hired to kill Bond or, do something to protect the pack. And then you got Locke who almost is like kid and wit, who's just silent. And yep. like, yep. just look like every scene you look at him, you're just like, what, what is this guy? Like, what does you know, he think? Kristoff talks about it when they're out to dinner talking about Locke and how he, he wears the, the pin of the dove and it's a, it's actually a joke and Bond sees it and little elements of, of character development. Look, I actually really liked Luigi Ferrara, the, the Italian contact. Like, he's cool. I actually, I actually thought he was decent. Yeah. He but had information. He, he immediately provided contact. But when Bond goes and, you know, goes to go see BB and then gets into the hockey fight, you already know that he's toast. You saw it like, from like, a mile away. Yeah, you saw yep. it coming. Yep. You know, you knew it was coming. Um, um, it was unfortunate because he, he could have been a, a little bit more of an interesting character, I thought. Agreed. Before we get off Locke, though, how cold-blooded was that kill from oh. Roger Moore? Kicking that car off the, the cliff. Cold-blooded? I also, I also think it did not do justice to, to Locke, the character. I mean, we're, we're talking yep. about, like, dark bonds and things like that. That was a cold-blooded kill. You don't mm-hmm. see a lot of that from Roger Moore. And he, just, no. he was just like, see you later, bang, mm-hmm. and the guy is gone. Yeah. Rolls off the cliff. I mean, it, it clearly must be payback for the uh, for the Countess getting run over by the dune buggy. <laughs> uh, Pierce Brosnan's wife? Oh, my gosh, yeah, Pier- guys. Pierce Brosnan's wife. The, uh, the Countess was married to Pierce Brosnan at the time of this movie. But uh, that one kill with uh, was wondering. the cliff kill was something, again, Roger Moore had gripes about because mm-hmm. he's such, you know, just an all-around great guy. Apparently, apparently Bond finds himself in these predicaments where he is surrounded by countesses, right? I mean, what is this, sure. the second, third countess we've come across here now? And it's not going to be the last one either. He's just, he's surrounded himself with good company. We got an octopusy coming up. Yep. But uh, uh, henchmen, henchmen could have been developed. Yes. A little, bit, a little bit better. But there was one character who was very well developed, Columbo. Thought you were gonna say the parrot. The parrot also very well developed. <laughs> I did not like the parrot. I hate it. Um, listen, Columbo in my mind was in between, not as high as Kareem Bay, but no higher way. than Draco. Like in in tiers of allies of Bond, I would put Columbo just a little bit below Kareem Bay. What about so, Felix? Felix is a different category. How? Because he's a recurring character. And he's a government agent, I think. 
But well, it's a it's a Bond ally. So when I think of Bond ally, I think of Felix Leiter. For those, I, I, put, I put Felix more in the MI6 category. For those listening at home, recurring, that is recurring M's, recurring Q's, recurring money pennies. I put Felix Leiter in there. Or a ten for the Kareem Bay uh, count for mentions on various podcasts. So well, it's, we, we need to we need to omit one because your attempt to stuff Kareem Bay into last week's podcast <laughs> should be fucking omitted. <laughs> It was it was it was a crime against listeners' ears. Yeah, yep. let, let, and, and no one accepted it. All no. three of us were like, "No, we moved right off from that one. We struck <laughs> okay. that one from the record." Yep. Yeah, so we're we at ha- nine. We, we have the group text. We're at nine. But listen, <laughs> that, that scene, that scene where Bond finally gets face to face with Columbo, mm-hmm. and yeah. he's talking to him, and he's not sure if this guy's good or bad. Yeah, thinking he's bad. Columbo is trying to tell him he's good. Flips the table, returns his gun. The whole the whole scene is great. Yeah. Um, pours him a drink. He pours well, him first a Bond drink. turns it down too. I've never seen James Bond turn down a drink in the entire exactly. fucking series. Bond right. refuses a drink. Yeah. And then gives him the gun. Says, you know, you're gonna need this. Here you go. Before they're going to to raid the warehouse or wherever they're uh, in Albania, right? They were they were selling Albania, I think. Albania. Yeah. yeah. So so they're going and he gives them the gun. He's like, you're gonna need this. And then Bond looks at it, fully loaded everything. And how about the balls on Columbo? Just giving this guy a mm-hmm. fucking fully loaded gun, knowing that he thinks you're bad. And because he heard the tape, he's like, oh yep. yeah, Columbo's bad. Just hands him over the gun. He's like, here we go. Now we can drink to this. Yes, good. Mm-hmm. Everything's great. And then all of a sudden, Bond's like, yeah, this is my dude. I fuck with him. I also love the character quirk that the actor developed, that he's always just got a handful of pistachio nuts. Yes. Like, I, I don't know why, but I just love that. But I love that. I love that it comes into usefulness when they're when they're sipping around. He kicks them out, and you hear the guys crunching on them. Yeah. You know? But I, I love that. Like I don't know why, but I love that little character quirk. That's part of the character development of Columbo. Yeah. He, he's just a pistachio aficionado here. Mm-hmm. He's he's eating pistachios and dropping them in the warehouse. People are stepping on them. Look, and, the- and apparently his his crew is top tier. They raided. Oh, yeah. They raided a mountaintop layer with five guys and the Bond girl. Yeah, yeah. no problem. He's got a, in a basket. I like, he, I like he's how he's got a, a logo. Yeah, he's got, he's, got effective, got he's got an effective crew. He's got a logo. Man eats pistachio nuts. He checks a lot of boxes. I'm a fan of Columbo. They gave him like the right ending to his character, unlike Kareem Bay. They actually did his character justice in this movie. I feel like. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, we'll get to we'll get to that, but I right. do like that he kills the villain because he and the villain have the history before everybody else. Right. Yeah. I like that a lot. They, they do I also like a lot of justice. What I also really like is that after he kills the villain, he comes back, right? Because he kills the villain and then he like falls over. So like I like that he falls over out of exhaustion and they don't yeah. just randomly kill him off. And that yeah, he, has, he gets BB at the he end. Gets, he gets BB. Big supporter, right? <laughs> yeah. If it's not creepy enough that Roger Moore is almost connected with this girl, now you get another old guy that is connected. And do I we think, think, do we think it's creepier? Do we think it's creepier that that he, he ends up with him or Roger Moore? Roger well, Moore just looks listen. older to me. Well, Aris, Aris Colombo and Roger Moore are all old. Like, don't get that twisted. They're all old. But Roger Moore is actually older than both of them in this film. So you can't you can't get it twisted that they're all old. Like, is, don't get that wrong. All what, three of them are old, but Roger did, Moore is the oldest. What did y'all score this? 
for the supporting cast, I gave it a seven. Roger Moore. Roger Moore is seven years older than the actor that played Columbo. Uh, the actor that yeah, the actor that played Columbo. I scored. I, I scored it a seven. I thought lacking an M was pretty bad. Yep. I did like the scenes with Q, so yes. that helped it. And I really love Columbo. I thought the the henchmen were good, mm-hmm. and they could have used a little bit more character development. Yep. I, I was I was a seven. I think if there was a little bit more buildup on those henchmen, it probably would have jumped. But seven is probably accurate for in comparison to some of the other things that I've I've scored. But I, I scored it a seven. Same. I have it at a seven point oh. I gave it a five, guys. I did not like what they did with the henchmen. Honestly, we didn't see hardly like there's so many people, and I guess there's not enough screen time for everybody. But I felt like. We could have seen some development, as we talked about there. Uh, I didn't like how there was no M. Uh, I don't know what happened if Bernard Lee's death was just too unexpected to where they couldn't cast another M at that point. I, I didn't like how there was no M. I liked Q, and I liked Columbo. Not as much as DJ, though. DJ's got like a like a man crush on Columbo, probably more than uh, Kareem Bay. No, no. Kareem Bay is top. Columbo, <laughs> like, not, not even that close, but second. Yeah, yeah, I gave it a five. Middle of the road for me. I mean, look, if uh, if Columbo brought Bond to a uh, Greek gypsy fight, then you know, obviously he'd be up in the True. top tier. But or if, you know. if Columbo True. and Bond were, were shooting Uzo, like they'd be fine. Yeah, man. Yeah. Introduce him to some of his sons. I mean, you got to remember it, dude. Kareem Bay, you know, they, they party at the gypsy camp. Kareem Bay uses Bond shoulder, you know, shoulder as a sniper rifle post to kill something. I mean, Green there's Bay is not, top, there's many unbelievable top to bottom Green Bay here. No, that's a fully developed character. Um, I, I disagree with you, Trey. I'm a 7.5 on this one. I'm, I'm high here. I, I thought the henchmen were good. I thought a lot of the supporting cast was good. I personally liked how they handled the M situation that it was the minister of defense. You get Tanner, you know, it didn't feel super forced to me. It, they just kind of, dismissed it and moved on as if like anybody would it's no different than as we see in later movies right judy dench dies in skyfall and you know they just slide mallory right in there like like these agencies would so you know m just happened to be on leave for this movie until they figured out what the hell they were going to do i i was a seven five here i um i, I should I also yeah i should also add i don't like bb either like i hate big b oh horrible so like that played that played a big part of my score because she was a big part of this movie and anytime she was in the movie I just like facepalm. Cringe I, I, yeah. I almost yeah. put it I like I scored it kinda in the Bond Girl performance. I thought she was just another Bond girl. I, I tried I tried to ignore her as much as possible. Yeah. She served like like I said, if you if you skipped all of her scenes during the, the time in Italy and if you skipped anything she did outside of her giving the goo-goo eyes to Columbo at the very end of the movie. And even then I could do without it. She yeah. serves utterly no purpose to this movie. No, yep. She's nowhere near my Bond girl to category. Agreed. She's not even mine. She, she doesn't serve a purpose in this film. She, she does. It's just for you to cringe and yeah. just it's, hope, it's hope for her relief. to go away. Honestly, it's comic relief. Correct. And that's a, I mean, unfortunately, Roger Moore, that's, that's what he feeds off of. It's a yep. lot of, dad jokes i mean i'll get to it when we talk about quotes but you know <laughs> that whole scene where she's that's, that's the only quote that's the yeah, only quote and he says i'll buy you an ice cream is like that's just that's it 
it's yeah. it's amazing. We uh, we can just wrap up quotes on that. <laughs> not, not many of them. <laughs> if y'all want to. But <laughs> I mean that that whole scene with BB there is that just says that takes the cake. That's it. Right. It, That's it, it. it puts that character to bed. Correct. But um, I, I want to go on record before we move on to the next category that John Supel here is notorious for score changing throughout the podcast. He'll <laughs> score it originally, hear us all talk about it, and then change his score. Because you guys make such wonderful points for or against things, and I'm uh, open you, to change. Going, for, change. going forward, I think we're just going to have to have Supel come in here without scoring anything. <laughs> well, like, Supel, it, it, affects, scored it affects the overall score, right? You scored it as you watched it, and now we're talking about it, and you're scoring it differently. But uh, you're mentioning things I might have missed, which are still part of the movie in and of itself. Have, have you made any changes? Simple? Yes. I think it was <laughs> Henchman just now. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't awesome. know. I'm, I'm pretty strict on sticking to my score. I'll, I'll change it occasionally, but... Once in a while, I'll make a couple of things. You, you change everything. You're, you're, you're notorious. Every, every episode, you've got to change for me. And Simple. you're the notorious low scorer. I am. I am the notorious low scorer. Nothing pleases DJ, but hey, listen, Supel, keep doing it. I love it. Oh, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> I love it. Keep doing it. Let's but, let's move on to one of my favorite off, songs. Let's get off supporting cast and get back on to yes. song and opening credits. Yes. So you want to you want to start with the song? You want to start with the pre-title sequence? You want you want to go with the good? Or you want to go with the absolute dog shit? Let's go with, the, start dog with shit. the dog shit and let the good pick it up. Because okay. we, we see the dog shit first, and then we get picked up by a great song. So let's start with the dog shit. Completely well, unnecessary. On. That, this whole scene's not complete dog shit. Well, it's okay. complete dog shit. Well, the, the beginning, dog. the beginning is is good because we see Tracy Bonds, great. But really, have you no respect for the dead? Goodbye, Mister Bond. I trust you had a pleasant fright. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awful joke. Awful, awful joke. Mr. Bond! Awful sound effects. I mean, it's I just terrible. I absolutely hated that scene. I hated everything about it. Everything about it. It should have been the opening with uh, Melina's uh, parents getting gun- gunned down, Jack Cousteau and his wife. That was so much more powerful than that cheesy attempt yep. at a cheap blowfell death. Yeah, I liked how they tried to represent this Blofeld from like a combination of all the Blofelds that we've seen. Like he's wearing a neck brace, he's bald, he's got the suit on. We don't see his face, so it could have been the Majesty's Blofeld. I like the representation of Blofeld. I hate this guy's like complete change of personality. But why? Why introduce Blofeld in the introduction? But what, yeah, but I, I, I don't oh. understand. There's no point to it. I hate him at all. I think it's kind of forced because you have like this nice moment where he's like, here's Tracy Bond. Bond I love it. I love, I love, I love that part. Sex, I like, absolutely. I like how they kind of, you know, show that part again. Like Tracy Bond still kind of playing a role in his life. Even in this. It doesn't scene. happen often. There's not many films that reference it. Correct. Oh. Correct. And then you get this jabroni of a Blofeld, which I think we all kind of agree like, Blofeld as the villain, as his persona, is pretty elite. Yes, mm-hmm. and they kind of tarnish it here. Oh, this. this is comical. 
Like yeah, this is this is a it is. yeah this is an abomination. I think it's kind of Blofeld. it's it's it's, forced. Just as, it's just as bad as Jaws in the last film. You don't need to have Blofeld in this at all. Like right. the guy deserves an honorable death. You don't need mm-hmm. to just throw him into the intro of a film here and bury him in the fucking right. smoke stack. You know, like, no yeah, as, he, as he pleads for his life and offers you a deli. I mean, it's a, it's a fucking joke. It's terrible. It's so, it's so, I think it was supposed to be a joke, but not yeah. for a movie. It's I, it's so Looney Tunes. Like, did he like? Did he even die? Like, do we even know if he died? I mean, the cat gets away. We know that. I don't know that. I will agree that part of this opening sequence is so cheesy and over the top. Yeah, like we we like over the top James Bond things. That's just forced. Yeah, there's no need uncalled for. Yeah, it's, just, it's just terrible. For Blofeld in this film, but it's saved. Correct. It's saved, but that's it's saved by the song. The song is great. One of my favorites. Oh, yes, top five. I'm gonna say this. It probably won't be in my top five, but it's not bad. Like it's it's a solid song. It won't be in my top I mean, five. I don't. It's not really my favorite. I don't really like the song, but the opening sequence really does a lot for me. Like I actually really liked it. I, I was a little confused the fact that you see Sheena Ethan's face. Like she's there the whole time, which is a little weird. Um, and it's clearly just a whole bunch of nudity, but like the whole thing together all kind of works. I've always, yeah. Um, so Robot I think, Mike, I don't like, listen. Robot Mike. <laughs> I, I think it's a strong song and it's powerful and it fits the movie. I'm with Trey. Super enjoyable. A great song overall. Even take away the movie. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. I, uh, I like, I think the opening credits, I actually. Don't remember liking it as much, and then I rewatched it. I actually enjoy the opening credits. Like we see Bond, uh, the dance choreography in it isn't great, but Sheena East, Sheena Easton, right? Is that her name? Yeah. Correct. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Even Listen, at the end, I was, ready, at, I was with, gonna tank this score, and the song saved it. Yeah. yeah. Song and Absolutely. Saved it. I was ready. I was ready to throw this song, or uh, sorry, the song and opening credits category. Right uh-huh. down the gutter with with that scene with Blofeld, and it, it just lifted it back up. All right, so we're uh, we're back in action now. Sorry about that. I had a it's okay robot Mike technical issue on my side. Um, robot Mike for sure. Let's get <laughs> let's 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 get a little bit here. here can you play the other famous sheena easton song do anything you want 
You know what I'm talking about? Can you yeah. play that scene from Eurotrip? Hmm? While we wait, one of the best sung Bond songs. She did a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, dude, I just like, I really like the opening credits a lot. As, as a standalone song, when it comes on, I do not like it. When, it, uh, when I rewatched it like the, today and it comes on, it's so fucking good. It really is so good. Like that opening, like beginning of it is just. I don't. Like, I don't hate it as a standalone song, though. I I enjoy it. I I think it's. I think it's a solid song. It stands alone on on its own merit. I just. I just really hated the opening sequence. The you want song, the uh? You want you want her two hit wonder song day? Is that what you're looking for? Which one? You're looking for Sheena Easton's two hit wonder song? Yes. Yes. This <laughs> one. If you're Manchester, you know I suppose. Sing the Manchester United song. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm not much of a singer. Sing! My baby takes the morning train. He works from nine to five and then... Pretty damn good, lads! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Open two bottles with his eyeballs is the best part of that whole scene. Yes. Guys, while we're off topic. We're on Sheen Easton. That's it. Yeah, we're on Sheen Easton. We're on topic. No, I just watched... do, you, do you know the name of that bar? I know DJ does. Do you know the name of the bar in that movie? Going once. No. Going twice? Going twice. It's a feisty goat. Three times for the feisty goat. <laughs> Listen, I wore the fighting Irish tonight just for the feisty goat. I want I, Bullet to Tony. In that movie, like in that oh, movie, that? Vinnie Jones. I want Bond villain. Yeah, like I want. He would be yeah. a good Bond villain. We got for the Easter sure. in a in Vin, a few decades. Vinnie Jones would be a great Bond henchman. Yeah, for sure. He'd be Better said. Correct. I don't know. I don't know. Better if he'd henchman. Be great, I don't know if he'd be a great villain. He'd be a spectacular henchman. Listen, once once we get all through these uh, movies, if we're looking for more movies, I would love to do Snatch. I would do Snatch as well. I think I think Snatch is a great one. I gave uh, be a problem. <laughs> I gave uh, I gave the song an opening credits an eight point guys. I love the song. It's probably number five in my top five, if just off the top of my head. Um, I think it carries a little bit more weight than the cheesy Blofeld bullshit that we see. And yeah, I like the, my problem is that that dragged me down a lot. I yeah. really I love the St. George's scene. Where like it becomes the radar ship. I love that a lot. I love the Tracy Bond stuff. Yes, but that Blofeld like action sequence is like it is a Titanic size anchor to the opening of this movie, and the Sheena Easton, you know, opening credits really does dig it out from the depths. But I, I was a six on this. Like there's no there's no getting around the fact that the whole opening sequence is James Bond fighting Blofeld with yeah. a helicopter. Like yeah, yeah I, that's the it's it's the giant elephant hanging from the, from the fucking helicopter. I respect it. I just I the song just carries more weight for me in this category. Mm -hmm. I like I have to top five song. I can't have it go any uh anywhere lower than an eight for me. Guys, I started at a five, and the opening sequence completely nosedived it. Sheena Easton pulled it back up, but it's not getting anywhere higher than that. It's it's a five. I'm middle of the road here. You're I'm low. Not going any higher than that. It it was it was 
a terrible death for Blowfield, and then it shouldn't, shouldn't have even been there to begin with. No. But, um, Trey, I agree with you. It's a great song. Um, it it just can't it can't undo what I saw with with Blofeld dying in a in a chimney. But but did he die, or did he not have a sign that just comes up and says "ouch"? Because it's just it's Looney Tunes. Uh, who's that? gonna live from that? It's a movie. Are we kidding? He's he's wearing a neck brace. How did he survive on Her Majesty's? How did he survive uh, <laughs> diamonds? It's a five for me, bro. Yeah, it's rough. It's exactly. Rough. Yeah. How did he survive diamonds? Like, it just goes on and on. Yeah, I'm at a 7.0, but that scene could have been worse because the original script had that steel mill factory right next to Oracle and Fingers Golf Course, and they were supposed to fly over that. I think you're so it, Tunes right it now. it could have been awful. Yeah. But when they wrote it, they did want to go for a younger <clears throat> Bond. They were hoping for a new actor at the time, so the whole Tracy thing was too tie all the bonds together but they got stuck with uh, your buddy Roger Moore I love the Tracy part Tracy part was fine no but that was supposed to connect the new bond with the old bonds quotes not much here folks I thought we already covered that yeah (laughs) I think we did the low point here guys the very very end bond is making out and he takes her her robe off and they're going for their night swim and she uses the title as the movie as a line. Like, I just fucking it, hated it. I hated it too, Mike. I hated it. Yep. It's like, oh, for your eyes only, darling. I just, I wanted to throw something at the screen. Yep. It was yep. so unnecessary. You got to so say the name of the movie in a movie, and they waited to the last minute. Yeah, Mike, you, you hit the nail on the head there, terrible. man. It's terrible delivery, too. Yeah. It, well, wasn't, it wasn't even done, like, well at all. Right. But now, I know we're probably going to disagree on this. I'm low on this score. I'm a four on this. And, and Trey, this is where you and I are going to fight this one out. But I love when they patch in the prime minister and it's the bird talking to her. I was a little kid the first time I ever saw it. It still makes me laugh. I still love that the wannabe Margaret Thatcher gets all hot and bothered when the parrot's telling her to give her a kiss. I still laugh at that. I, just, I'll, I will always laugh at that. I don't really care. It's nostalgic for me but it's still a four. How, how is nobody able to tell that that's not their best agent and it's a parrot? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, Mike, it does Mike, not sound anything like James Bond. It literally is a parrot speaking into this microphone watch. Yes. I don't know how you misidentify Roger Moore for a parrot. Oh boy, I think I'm going to give you both. You know terrible. what I'd like. like? That look right there. <laughs> she's just spectacular. Can't imagine. Amazing eyes. Amazing eyes. But her acting is got all. She was dubbed. 007, are you there? Bond! <laughs> Bond, are you there? Bond! For your eyes only, darling. It's <laughs> terrible. Bond! 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 He's there! That's in the Prime Minister. How do, you, how do you think that's Bond? He's just repeating. But... I don't care. Oh, it's so funny. It, I don't care. I will the say red, it, the, the it red does, bone. I will it always look like her. Hello. Mr. Bond on the line, Prime Minister. Ah, Mr. Bond. I wanted to call you personally and to say how funny. pleased we all are that your no. mission was a success. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Don't thank me, Mr. Bond. Your courage and resourcefulness are a credit to the nation. 
Dennis and I look forward to meeting you. Meanwhile, if there is anything I can do for you... Give us a kiss. Give us a kiss. <laughs> well, really, Mr. Bond. Oh, oh, oh. I think we're having a little trouble with the line, madam. Give us a kiss. It's so good. It's it's great. I don't care. It's so good. It's it's nostalgic to me. I put that mostly in my conclusion score, not my quotes. Same. Oh there no. There wasn't anything there that was quote worthy outside of Roger Moore telling a baby girl to contemplate some ice cream. And I'll buy you an ice cream. Yeah, I I gave it a two, guys. I don't usually give scores like this. I gave quotes a two. Dre, I also gave it a two. <laughs> I, I, I'm at a three point five, and I'm terrified to change it now. I'm a four here. I do like that he delivers the Bond, James Bond line more than once. I think he does it pretty well in this movie. Only time he did that, I believe. Bond score, not quotes. It's a Bond performance, yeah. Yeah, but he says it twice, so I'm, I'm tossing it in there. I don't give a fuck. All right, you're breaking rules. I do whatever I want. Breaking the rules. <laughs> well, self-made rules. I mean, we probably all broke them at one point, but again, there is no really no. standout quotes. There's not even like, there's not even quotes that really make you chuckle a whole lot you know it, it, the movie just kind of progresses yeah. without them yeah i just think of just that q branch scene that's the only <laughs> that's as far as that banter that goes between q and bond i mean that's that's the, the high point one that i would say is when bond goes into the confessional and he's like father i have sinned and it's it's cute yeah I like that's that father q that was good yeah. That that's the only other one I would throw into this uh, this quotes, and I mean it's not even a good quote. It's just kind of a funny scene. Uh, there was one though after Molina shot the guy point blank with the crossbow to save Bond. He's like, "Whoever you are, you've outstayed your welcome. Come with me." But <laughs> other than that, there's absolutely nothing. Can we talk about the fact that she's way ahead of her time, rocking the dress with pockets? By the way, yeah, it's kind of like that. a dress romper almost. Yeah, she's rocking the dress with pockets. And, you know, way ahead of its time. They're like apparently a big thing now, um, from what I'm told. And James Bond looks fucking fire. I don't care. I don't give really a fuck what any of you think. I'll tell you what, though. Those pockets have not enough room to conceal a crossbow. No, they don't. <laughs> better be a good no, shot. No, they don't. No, they don't. She's, she's got to have a good shot with a handgun because that's about all that's going to fit in those pockets. Before we get to the conclusion and wrap this fucking thing up, we didn't even get to the belly flop crossbow death. We didn't even talk about this. It's this is great. Villain deaths. It, it's about to yeah, be it's honest. a villain death. He's a bad guy. We'll it, include it. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> also, how much is this dude getting paid? Because He's just got beautiful women. He's insane. He's got this big villa. One of the things I also, about this opening scene, actually, let me, let me share it back again. Roger Moore with his grandpa vest on there. So, is this, um, is this umbrella considered a gadget? Got Does it apparently stop bullets? It apparently helps him float down like a parachute. I mean, it's big enough to be a fucking parachute, but no, it yeah. does not count. It's <laughs> not good. That's a it's um, yeah. You might have to test uh, test that theory. Uh, great, great villain. De- there's like, I feel like there's multiple like deaths by arrow darts, like in this movie. There's three Throw that, knives, I, darts, bow knives. Yeah, the cliff scenes where people get belayed off the cliff. They're yeah. awesome. Listen, it's not a villain death. It's 
I think it's kind of funny, honestly, the dune buggy death by uh, the count. Is it the countess that we oh, had? I'm so sorry. I had that queued up. Hang on. Let me get to that. It's, it's ridiculously just funny. I just laugh at it every time. It's maybe it's a little mean, but so, I can't help but just to laugh at it every single time I see it. I, I think knowing that that was Pierce Brosnan's wife, we, we're going to call that a metaphor for his time as James Bond. Where yes. after the first one, it gets run over by a dune buggy. <laughs> While we're on it, 54 total deaths in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 18 at the hands of James Bond. I think it's important to note that our Bond girl, she's got a body count in this movie. She takes a number of people out. Uh, is it probably the highest body count for a Bond girl yet? Uh, off the top of my head. Oh, I mean, on, on screen? It might have on to be. On screen here. I mean, yeah. there's a couple. You know, I would that, think- that crossbow, she's got a couple. Oh, yeah. On screen, yeah. I would think maybe Anya, as at this point, probably holds like the total off screen. Like off screen. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to assume that Anya has, you know, as a as an agent. But you know, for this one on screen, I mean, she she badass. racks up a body count. She's she a badass. She racks up a body count. When when we're talking about a conclusion, I think overall the conclusion was very rushed. I really enjoyed the scene of Bond rock climbing, yeah. and them knocking out all the anchors to to release his rope throughout like that was suspenseful it was it was good but by the time bond gets up to the top of that mountain it's it's a quick knife from colombo and you know aris is dead you're you're just like that happened really fast Mm -hmm. yeah i i like i caught like the sim like symbolic part of like aristotle getting like stabbed in the back like he stabbed bond in the back like i i, like I get it. that mm-hmm. but i i agree with you it's a little weak um you, you like to see something a little bit more over the top i guess that we're gonna see here in like a couple of like a couple of films yeah but, and don't forget yeah, we get the, I agree uh, with we get the, we get the quote at the end right that's detente comrade yeah true you know when he when he throws the, the the biggest explosion of the entire movie is when he throws the the plastic typewriter off the top of the cliff. You don't right. have it. We don't all have. All of it. a sudden, all of a sudden, the KGB doesn't speak English. Like the guy yeah. doesn't fucking speak anything. The guy's no. got an English accent the entire time. He doesn't, but he doesn't say anything to him when Bond throws the fucking thing off the off the cliff. Yeah. He doesn't know how to speak English. All of a sudden, I actually got to pull up. I got to pull up the scene with him in the very 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 beginnings. I totally forgot as I'm looking through my notes. It is probably the creepiest scene of the entire movie, actually, is when the KGB agent is on the phone talking in the very beginning about wanting to get the device, and he's, like, creepily touching his secretary. What? I don't remember this. You don't remember this? I don't remember it either. Oh, you're going to freak. Hang on. Let me find it. Now I'm intrigued. How did they get away with this back in the day? With that in mind, I've already contacted our usual friend in Greece. Uh. I missed it, but thanks for bringing that up. It's... You're welcome. Is it is it mandatory to have red phones? Like, if you're like well, higher power, it's important. Right? You it's gotta it's have a red important. phone. It's a, it's a secure phone. Emergency phone in red. Yeah, yeah. It's the, uh, the encrypted it's the phone line. <laughs> yeah, it's the encrypted line. Very discreet. <laughs> right. Um, uh, guys, I gave it a five. Yes. I didn't really care for the ending. Uh, villain deaths were, were okay. Nothing over the top. Nothing standing out. Probably my favorite death was not even a villain. I, like, well, we covered it. 
the doom buggy death is the funniest one. And I guess if that cocky player died by the Zamboni, that's also pretty awesome. I don't know. Middle of the road, 5.0. Our head is. I thought the lock death was cold-blooded, but I also scored a 5.5, so a half point higher than you. I thought it was an okay conclusion. It wasn't great. I'm slightly higher than you at a 6.0. I do like when a ally makes the kill on the final bad guy in the quote that Bond had to Melina. You better dig two graves if you want revenge. So for her sake, a little less uh, maybe blood on her hands, something she doesn't have to live with. I'm glad uh, Columbo got the kill. You guys covered it all. I'm a 5.0 on the end of this one. Not a lot going on here. Uh, a not-so-fun fact, uh, John Glenn was o- almost on that list. He almost lost his footing uh, while uh, finishing the ending, courtesy of a pigeon, which may or may not be the pigeon from Moonraker. <laughs> Definitely a double-take pigeon. DJ, you going to take us home? Wrap this up. I will, I will wrap us up here. You want me to start with the highest score or the lowest score? <laughs> highest. Highest score. Mr. John Supel, right. I try to keep up with all your changes here, but correct me if I'm wrong. Got a plot at a 7.5. Bond performance at a 6. Bond villain, 6.5. 6. 6.0. Okay. Yeah. All right, lowered that one. Bond girl, 7.5. Guns, cars, gadgets, 3.5. Song and opening sequence, a 7. Supporting cast a seven. Chase and fight scene a six point five. Quotes a three point five. And conclusions and deaths a six. Accurate? Correct. All right. Sixty point five total. Next highest, Trey. Plot at a seven. Bond performance is six. Bond villain seven point five. Bond girl seven point five. Guns, cars, gadgets a five. Song and opening sequence an eight. Supporting cast a five. Chase and fight scene a six. Quotes a two. Conclusions and deaths a five. 59 total. Yes, sir. Mike, I got you for a plot at a 7.5. Yep. On performance at seven. Yep. Bond villain a six. I, uh, I had a couple of adjustments. I had Bond villain at a 4.5. 4.5. Okay. You had early – You I did, I put early scores in, and then I had gone back before we started the podcast. So sure. I've got a couple of changes. Correct me where I'm where I'm wrong. Not a problem. So Bond Girl, 5.5? Correct. Guns, Cars, Gadgets, a 5? Yep. Song opening sequence, a 6? I had the song openings. Yes, correct. Uh, supporting cast, a 7.5? Correct. Chase and fight scene, a 5? Yep. Quotes, a 4? Yep. Conclusion and death of five. You got it. That's 57 total. Yeah, the, I guess the, um, the villain was the only one that wasn't updated. And then for me, low score. And by far, eh, I wouldn't say by far, but the lowest score to date for me. Uh, plot at a six. Bond performance a 5.5. Bond villain a three. Bond girl a 6.5. Guns, cars, gadgets a 3.5. Song and opening sequence a five. Supporting cast a seven, chase and fight scene a seven, quotes a two, and the conclusion and death of 5.5, bringing my total to overall, 51.0. And listen, this is not going to be my low score 
based on what I prefer to watch, but I scored it low. It this the the lack of quotes, the lack of gadgets doesn't really help the movie. Not, that doesn't make it a bad movie. It's just our scoring system for I this. Didn't, I didn't love the villain. I thought that was a low score for me. The Guns Cars was a low score. The Quotes was a low score. But there was no score there that really like skyrocketed to balance it out. So everything else I scored was kind of middle of the road. There was no really high score on any of the other categories. Yeah, and when, and when you break it down, it's probably uh, the tale of this movie. But when you just sit down and you watch it, it's a good Bond movie. Like this is, this is a high point. This is one of the high points of Roger Moore. This is one of the high points. It's, this is, it's a good, good flick. You know, Absolutely. It's a and good movie. And it's just sadly one of the movies that's not really talked about much. It's not on the great list. It's not on the awful list. Nope. Somewhere in limbo, and it's not a bad thing. Yeah, I, I'd probably have it around, like, out of the 24 that we have, probably around 15. It's not my top 10, but it's it's definitely yeah. not. No, this is, this is a 10 to 15 range for me. Um, I still have some guilty pleasures I have before it, but it's an enjoyable movie. Um. Yeah, I gave it a 59. That's about where I put, uh, I think, Live and Let Die and Man of Golden Gun. It's around the same. Well, how would you rate those three in comparison of what you like to watch? Probably Golden Gun ahead of those two. Uh, probably Golden Gun. I love Golden uh, Gun. Golden Gun, Live and Let Die in this one. Moonraker? Moonraker is at the bottom basement. And then, of course, Spy Who Loved Me is like, Maybe top five, top three. Well, I think out of Roger Moore, you had Moonraker and Live and Let Die equal, score like rating wise, not not watching wise. Yeah, the probably rating wise, I like Live and Let Die. Like the 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 villain is probably the worst villain that we've seen yet. Ah, I mean, you is really it, love this villain, but I would say this villain is the yeah, worst one. No way! Oh he my leads, god! leads a country. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is that uh, is all you is all you have? Penanga and and Mr. Big ahead of Aris right now. He pulls Chris, the strings Chris from a different he plays persona, for the Knicks or just the... like Aristotle does. Aristotle is just a little bit more. I don't know. He's just a better actor. I don't know what to tell you. He, he like it's nothing like what he did. Like I forget the guy's name, the actor's name, but. He's, of course, he's better than Indiana Jones, and his death's way better. But I don't know. I to no for me, dog. All right. All right, low score. But we got Octopussy and A View to a Kill still coming up to round out Roger Moore. So there, there are plenty of other ones to, to low score here. All right. Let's take, take it home, home, kid. How did you get in here? Well, Porter's is a fan. He'll do anything for me. And I'll do anything for you. Well, I'm exceedingly flattered, B.B. 